and welcome to the Golden Roll Podcast. I'm Ben, as always I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week we're speculating on the reveal of the live action Pokemon show Cram Adventures into a Pocket and also reviewing Pokemon Path to the Peak. And in our Devil's Advocate section we'll be arguing whether living in the Pokemon world would be awful. As always you can jump to a topic using the timestamp in the description below. Connor, I've I've not updated my script. It still says it's not nice to meet you. Oh, it's lovely but, to meet you. We've we've never met once before ever. Not once. No, no, not not once. So this is our very first podcast, believe it or not. Yeah, not episode 64, 65. 64, I believe, which like d- dawned on me early when I was when I when I put 64 and I was like, well, it feels like a massive jump. I remember doing around 52. And it feels like we've had a massive jump to then 64, because 52, 64, that's like three months worth of additional... Yeah, no, it doesn't I, I feel right like now, that. So. Yeah, you, you were looking then as if like my math was completely out, and I was like... Oh, no, I, I was like, like 12 weeks, really... three months, yeah, no, that adds up, that just doesn't feel right. No, it really doesn't, and like, it's scary to think that in two weeks' time, it's like, we're two-thirds of the way to 100 episodes... Like, do you not think that's mad? Like, we're closing in on triple digits? Uh, and yet we're still doing it for some reason. <laughs> we are still doing it for some reason. Because, because the people love listening to us rant and rave about different Pokemon-themed To be fair, our topics. dedicated fan base are indeed dedicated. I agree with you. They are absolutely are. It's the same people appearing on every single youtube comment like writing in letting us know just like these two people have done so that was a thanks for that nice little segue um so we got mika bryant who says um this is following on from our poltergeist Pulture? poltergeist no yeah yeah i i because it's matcha it's matcha tea what it's 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 matcha tea that's what that's what it it contains so it's poltergeist as in matcha Got it, got it, got it, got it. I, I honestly, like I said, it. I said poltergeist, but my brain went, no, that's wrong. That's it's it's poltergeist. I'm like, no, it's it's the new one's poltergeist. Stupid name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mika Bryant has said uh, they say a portion of their life force is stolen, so I think they are suggesting it's not fatal. Also, I can't see them suggesting it killed a group of children, and then winks at the audience playfully. That just reads as a prank and not murder. I completely. If it said portion. Which apparently did. I completely missed that. Um, but it is a lot more fun to speculate that Game Freak are okay with killing children. I mean, again, universe. we've had we've had Pokemon like Drifloon and Driflim who carry children yes. off to the afterlife. Like child murder is fully acceptable within the Pokemon world. Yeah, and done apparently. And some of the Pokedex entries just like yeah, just flat out state yeah, they're, they're okay with. Whatever they do to children, I think Drowsy's another one, isn't it? Or Hypno? Hypno leads them away. I think Hypno even has an entire like anime episode where it's constantly convincing all the children that their Pokemon are stealing them away. Oh, yeah. Have you like that is bizarre. I would absolutely, and I think I think we've mentioned this before. I would love to have a horror game themed around Pokemon. Careful, because you, 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 anything you say now will be used against you later in Devil's Advocate. 
It, oh yeah, good point. Actually, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. But it wouldn't be awful. At least you get to <laughs> have fun with all these scary, powerful, dangerous um, Pokemon that can just get you while you're asleep. But I'm an adult now, so surely from most of the ghost Pokemon, I'm safe, right? Ish. I, I don't know. There's still ish. Pokemon where you throw them out, you look into their back, and that's it. It absorbs your soul. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. But I agree with you. Uh, well, a horror game, a horror game yes. for Pokemon would be great. I think the issue that we've got is that so many of the um, ROM hacks and things that try to introduce the horror element are made like by fifteen-year-olds. So it gets that real edgy feel. I'm gonna kill you. You're gonna die. It's like oh, I- it's not really what we're after, guys. No, it's not. It would be as simple as taking. Something like uh, the the Slenderman games, I mm. think, are quite simplistic in terms of there's a character model, you just replace that character model with another Pokemon. Something as simple as that, and you're going around collecting maybe the... the in that game, you collect pages, but it could be like written Pokedex entries. You've got to get them all to figure out how you can escape from this scary Pokemon. I feel like something as simple as that um, would work, and I'm, I do enjoy a good horror game every now and again, but they have to be first person for me to really feel like I'm playing a horror game. So okay. that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about, you know, a Pokemon themed horror game. Because I, I, funnily enough, playing Pokemon Prism at the moment, that kind of feels like it's written by someone quite edgy with some of the dialogue and, like, say, a lot of the ROM hacks. Like, some of the dialogue, I'm like, okay, this feels like a Pokemon game. And then you get that line that just pulls you out and you suddenly realize, oh, yeah, I'm not playing a game made by Game Freak here. I'm playing something where. It, somebody who is building, writing the scripts in this game and the dialogue can just let's just choose whatever they want, and yeah. it doesn't feel like it's, it it's, doesn't feel it, like Game Freak. It's always those lines that feel like you tried to be mature by saying it, but no yes. person with any real maturity would ever say that because it sounds so immature. Yeah, but it, but I say I could some of the some of the lines of dialogue, and I can't think of them off ahead. Do feel like I wouldn't say that now. But maybe when I was 13, 14, 15 at high school trying to be cool. Yep. Yeah, I probably would say something like <laughs> something like that. Uh, we've had another uh, comment as well from Decrepid. Um, and this follows on from our conversation last week about whether or not we are going to get more um, video content leading up to the release of the Scarlet and Violet DLC. And they've said, I kind of hope they only do one more trailer because DLC isn't as big as a game and no more Pokemon gets shown. Maybe do types of the Pokemon shown, but not showing any more Pokemon. That's my opinion. So, crux of the what they're basically getting at there is limit what you're going to show. Only show a handful of Pokemon. Um, and I think the, the big statement there is the DLC isn't as big as a game. Connor, have you got thoughts on that? I, I have to disagree outright, simply because now with the yearly release, sometimes more than once a year release of Pokemon, the DLC is their stopgap. So as it stands this year, the DLC is the Pokemon game we're getting. And at least the way they're presenting it and the way they want the fan base to react to it, this is the Pokemon game for the year. It is as big as, and they want you to feel like it's as big as a brand new release. So mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't buy the idea that it's not as big as, because it is. And the, um, and the cost of it being around £30, like, 
Switch Pokemon game value has gone, or what they charge has gone up because on the old uh, 3DS games, it used to be around £30 over, over here-ish, um, and it's gone up in price, but £30 is what the DLC price is, so it kind of feels like you've got that price point that is, yeah, this is this is a big yearly release, and like you say, it's that, that stopgap to hopefully give the developers that breathing room between... Instead of having to release two games, no, three games over three years, they can release two games over three years. And, like, that £30 cost point for DLC times however many bytes, that's going to bring in a load of money to the Pokemon company. So, of course, they're going to want to market it. They're going to want to get as many people that bought Scarlet and Violet to also buy the DLC. And that's 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 like clear in the game. Literally, if you play Scarlet and Violet now at the bottom of the menu, um, when, when you, you know, you're know you in the overworld, you press the menu button, at the very bottom right, it's got an advertisement for um, the DLC that if you click on, takes you through to the Nintendo store. They want to get as many people buying this, uh, this game, and they're going to market it in as many ways as they can. One of the ways that they did it with Scarlet and Violet was via video content. You know, we got... Um, um, uh, what, what was the electric type gym leader name? We got her doing a, uh, I want to say Nimona, but that's not Nimona. It's um, whatever her name is. Uh, I, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. They did the Iono video. We got videos ab- about all the different Pokemon. They were they were ramping up with that video content, which is where the discussion came from last last week in terms of do we think we're going to get more? I must admit, a little bit disappointed. We haven't got anything to discuss this week. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, it's. I don't know what I want though. <laughs> this is the okay. this is the difficult thing when it comes to the DLC because if they're not got anything good to show me, then don't show me anything. Okay, but at the same time, that leaves me with the impression that they've got nothing good to show me. <laughs> uh, I agree. I, I think I'm on the same wavelength that you. I don't want content for content's sake. Yeah, because what we have seen from like. I think the the trailers have been a lot more. I want to say open with what's on offer, but that's because with Scarlet and Violet, they kind of hid a lot of the the issues with that game outside of a handful of clips. Like they they managed to hide a lot of it, whereas the trailers for the DLC hasn't felt like they're deliberately trying to hide things because they have shown some of the areas that are you know, Kitakami and stuff like that, where it's a little bit emptier than maybe you would expect. So they are being, a, I want to I want to say they're being a bit more open about this is what you can expect, like making the trailer feel like a, if you buy this game, this is this is what you're going to get, whereas Scotland and Violet, we've got a little bit sideswiped, I guess, for lack of a, a, a better word. I think with but- the Scarlet and Violet trailers, they managed to include things that eluded two yeah. bits that were going to be in the game that then weren't. Mm. Um, whereas I feel like they've almost tried to circumvent that this time around and go, well, don't give anything that will give the wrong impression. So just don't show anything. <laughs> yeah, and I I am I'm amazed that this... Honestly, I thought with us being this close to release date, and I've not got it in front of me, but it's, it's September, isn't it? Yeah, it's we, we like are, the first week in September or something silly. It's, we got two weeks. Wow. Something like that. 
Is it around the 14th off the top of my head? 14th, 18th, something like that. Okay. So we're two, maybe three weeks away, and yet we're not seeing what I... 13th. What I'd referred to the 13th. Wow. So less than two weeks when this goes live. Um... So when we're not seeing that ramp up of video content, which is in promotional content, which I expected to see, um, but I I think that might be a case of them worrying that if they put too much out there, people's expectations might heighten, and then they have the same issue that they had with Scarlet and Violet of people buy the game suddenly to go, hold on, this kind of isn't what we were sold on. I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, so here's my counterpoint to that. Who cares? Okay, serious note on on a thing of DLC isn't bought from a shop. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. You're going to be able to buy the game bundled with the DLC at some point, but most of these you're going to have to get through the Nintendo Online Store. At which point, no refunds. Suck it up. <laughs> so if you're going to sell it, just sell it. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't don't hold back. I don't my know. my absolute tinfoil theory is that they are that confident that the reviews are going to be that good when they launch this that they don't need to do much marketing. I I I don't believe that, but if I had to go down the tinfoil, you know, lane so to speak or the path like that that is what I'm I'm thinking. So it it is it does raise a question that I I've asked you a couple of times, and I had in the back of my mind when I was pulling together the script for today's episode is, are you still on the fence about purchasing the DLC? Uh, on anything of if this wasn't my job, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would pick it up immediately. And it's interesting because I was somebody who f- forewent Sword and Shield when it first came out. Gave a miss to uh, Isle of Armor when that came out. Wow, okay. And then it was the second half of it, the Crown Tundra. As soon as that dropped, I went out and bought Switch, I bought Sword and Shield, and I bought the DLC. Whoa, okay. Because it fascinated me so much what they were doing with it, and it looked like a lot of fun, and I could enjoy it with my mates. So that's kind of... And I think everybody will admit the Crown Tundra was the better half of that DLC. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But we've still not seen any Terror Raid adventures. We've still not seen... I still don't know what this photography class is going to be. I don't... (laughs) And I just don't want it to be something tiny, because you've sold it to me now. You've been like, ah, here's a reason to pick up the game. But then not told me anything about it. You know, we're gonna get this. Um, we're gonna get this new mini game where you go around and collect berries and things like that. You've not actually showed me how to play it. You know, it, yeah. it's it's. I'm not asking for more to be revealed at this point. I want you to fully demonstrate what you've already revealed. Okay, does that make yeah. sense? No, it it does. It's almost like he's a flavor of what you're going to do but we've not had the mechanics revealed mm. behind that. And the, I, I feel like the mechanics are 
almost for for some people you included are the make or break as to whether you buy that because if it is a okay this is a brand new mechanic or it's a mechanic that wasn't in the base game that brings a new way to play and experience pokemon probably sold on it but if it is literally like the photography thing for example is literally you just go out into the wild you get out your camera phone which was already in scarlet and violet and you literally just take a photo of pokemon just doing whatever they're doing it's like okay but that isn't anything new. You're just padding out the DLC with a feature that was in the baseline game. Does that make sense? Yeah. And on on top of like not mis-selling this, why have we not had confirmation yet that you can play this mini game with collecting the berries and that with or against your friends? We've seen Which in the it, pictures. We've seen Maridon. Yeah. We've seen Karidon. We see that they're both playing. But are they both playing their own game? and they're not actually interacting with one another, this is something that you come out and you say, hey, here's what you pick up the DLC for. You can play more games with your friends. Mm. That's it. You've you've already shown me it exists. You're not revealing anything new, but you're giving me reason to be excited. Yeah. And it it blows my mind because, like, for, like, Pokemon, ever since the, the initial generation has had multiplayer mechanics and, and the, you know in the the original pokemon games they were i don't want to say simplistic because i think that does it a disservice because you could battle with other trainers and trade with other trainers on a handheld console using a cable and i just want to point out like how magical that felt at the time and how it was doing things that no other games were doing like outside of pokemon did anyone use the link cable on the game boy and I challenge anyone to come back with a game that allowed you to do that. I know they exist because I have seen a video, but they they were so yeah, it was th- that, it, people bought it for Pokemon. Yeah, like that functionality pretty much wasn't there. So like Game Freak has always thought, okay, multiplayer. How can we get people connecting and playing together? And for the longest time, it has been very much the same thing of you can battle, you can trade. Um, and then they introduced things like the Wonder Trade um, and a few other mechanics um, and mainly about different ways to play the, the multiplayer battle aspect. Um, and then we get Generation 9 comes along, which tried to reinvent this in terms of, oh, yeah, you can all run around in the same area, which I remember us speculating when it when it was announced and we all thought, oh, is there going to be like a... a um, What's the word I'm looking for? The system that's in Let's Go, where if you get too far away, you're then pulled back to the player. But what we got was basically, no, you're in the same world, you can explore the same area, uh, but you just can't do some of the story beats together. So again, you know, a step forward in the right direction needs to do a little bit more. But you can tell that they are trying to make it so it is a multiplayer experience, as so many other games are doing and moving towards, is this sense of, oh, it's a social as- aspect of you and your friends get together and you get to play in game. With all that being said, if that's the route they're going down, why the heck wouldn't you announce, oh yeah, we've released a trailer that shows two people playing a game in in the DLC. Why would you not be explaining more about that content of, you know, in the trailer, new ways to play together? And you show that. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind that's that's not being done yet. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a trailer on its own. It's two minutes. It comes out like, wh- you've got nothing released this week. Why didn't we have 
a video going, oh, here's all the new ways you can play in Kitakami. Mm-hmm. The new ways to play in Kitakami. That's it. That's your trailer title as well. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's here's how you can play with your friends. Here's how you can play on your own. And you just show off the Barry game and you show off the photography course or whatever else they're doing. Because I don't think the racing is included until um, the second half. Teal, not the Teal Mask. Okay. Uh, Blueberry Academy. I can't remember what it's called. Indigo Disc. Uh, there you the, go. Indigo Disc, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. No, no, no news is not necessarily good news this time. Yeah, and what what thinking about like if there is more new ways to play with other people, like the the advantage of promoting that is it. Let's say you've got a group of four friends that play Pokemon together, and one or two of them buy it and then go, "This is an amazing way." We if you if you, you other people in the social friend circle also buy this, we can play in these new ways. Suddenly, you you're getting like your friends to convert other people. Yeah. which equates to more so blows my mind that that's not being the case and it still to this day blows my mind that you know uh, in the ice gym where you have to race down that that slope where the mechanics are absolutely terrible but that, that's you know, not a race that you can do with your friends no yeah it blows my mind that's not a thing because it is like the the mechanics of that are so bad that if you put four people racing against one another and there was Collision. It becomes very funny. Exactly. Like I, it blows my mind that that isn't a thing. Maybe not in in Scarlet and Vibe, but isn't a thing in the DLC or races in general. Like we have the mechanic of Pokemon being able to run along the terrain, and we could do something as simple as the um, in uh, Legends Arceus. They had the. Um, side quests of the racing with the Pokemon. I think you went through rings off the top of my head. I can't understand. Uh, there was like balloons and things that you had to pop in Legends. That Arceus. was it. That's it. Why? Why have we not got that multiplayer aspect? Well, you include that, and then you go even a step further, and you allow people to create their own courses across the open world. Which yeah. it's like here's forty balloons. Put forty balloons across the world, and you and your friends wherever can you want. It. Yeah, yeah. That's and I know it. <laughs> It's just simplicity. This is the thing. We yeah. understand that yeah. you've got no time and you've got no no patience to put into this game yeah. anymore. And, and you're just trying to rush it out the door. <laughs> but these are such simple ideas. And yeah. as far as I'm aware, as a, as a video game illiterate person who doesn't develop, it feels like it should be easy to implement because it, it's already there. You yep. already have you know it. What, yeah. And you know what the best thing about doing that is? is that other people are then creating the content for you yeah. for free. Like, just hand it over to the people and go, he, he's the, here, you can create a course and just do what um, Mario Maker 2 does, where before you can publish a course to the internet so other people can play it, you've got to you yourself, it. you've got to finish it yourself. So that stops the courses getting through that are bugged, broken, or just flat out, you know, you can't complete them because they are ridiculous. Um, there's there's so many options for multiplayer to move forward with Pokemon. And again, we've had that one step forward. Like I like just go for it with the DLC. It's 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 absolutely bizarre. Let let's move on to um the first actual piece of news that we're discussing this week. Connor also needs to share his webcam for whatever reason it has gone off. Um 
while he's he's doing that. Uh, so we've had uh, Cram Adventures into a Pocket announced. Um, so on October the 19th of this year, a live-action drama will start to air on TV Tokyo about Pokemon. Uh, so the series Cram Adventures into a, a, a Pocket, which is apparently shortened to Poketsumi, um, is about Madoka Ake... Ake- I'm going to butcher these, I'm sorry. Madoka Akagi, uh, who receives her old copy of Pokemon Red from her mother after moving to Tokyo to work at an advertising company following her graduation. The series follows her story as she dives back into the world of Pokemon. This, like we've we've spoken about in the past, like Pokemon in the, in the TV, like visual media, like... They just throw out some random things, like Pokemon Paths of the Peak we'll be discussing later on. They just throw out these random things. And this is another example of that, where they're just going, okay, right, what's, what kind of new idea can we come up with? And the fact it's, it's actual people, like, outside of Detective Pikachu, we've not seen any real people, right? Like, actors, like, if there is, it must be so... Like, obscure, because I can't think of anything. Not as in, like, a narrative. As in a fictional narrative. No, I can't think of anything outside of Detective Pikachu. And this is why this just, like, (laughs) it just fascinates me. Because I want to know, like, okay, so this story, I'm guessing it has nothing to do with... It isn't a story like Detective Pikachu where the Pokemon live in the overworld. This feels very much like I'm playing this old game that... I loved as a child, I'm rediscovering it, and then how am I going to... It's going to be one of these, like, rag to riches story of, she starts at this advertising company, she's probably at the bottom of the rung, and then by the end of the series she's risen to the top because she's able to reinvigorate this company and bring this, like, childlike magic to it in order to advertise to a new demographic that they didn't appeal to before. Like, I, I, I I can't wait to watch this. I don't know about you. I'll be interested to see what direction they go with it because it could quite easily be if if you it could quite easily be a story about somebody going through like the depression of working in the Japanese industries straight out of college okay. and things like that and having to revert back to a childhood wonder to have any sense of yeah any sense of passion to continue on with life um maybe that says more about where I'm at uh- <laughs> But I think just just so people know, people that might not know that the Japanese work culture is so intense. It's, yeah, like it is literally you, you're almost out of your house from the moment you wake up. You go to work, then there is a culture of socializing outside of work mm-hmm. to then go home, do whatever you can in the time that you got to go to bed to then repeat the same stuff. So I think there is a very. I think you're absolutely right to point out that this might be a case of I've got major burnout. How do I like wind down and the rediscovery of Pokemon that sounds like she hasn't touched in twenty odd years? And you know full well there's going to be that one person at work who also plays Pokemon, and they're going to get their little group going, and it's going to expand, and suddenly the whole company's playing Pokemon again, and it opens up yeah. the world of advertisement somehow. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do with this. Have you watched much sort of J dramas before? No, none. None whatsoever, which is, I think, part of the reason why I'm fascinated. They're good fun. I've watched a couple over the years. One of the ones we used to watch in my Japanese uh, GCSE class was called Tumble, 
and it was about right. basically these uh, kids who were uh, little terrors, basically. They were hooligans, right. for lack of a better Ooh. word, who was a case of like, you can either get kicked out of school or you can start doing gymnastics. Those are your options. <laughs> right. And it just goes from there. And it's a really sweet story, but also really over the top. And that's what I expect this to be. A really sweet story, but that's okay. also ridiculously over the top in the way that all Japanese media kind of is. Hey, okay. I, I love that. It's going to be a while, I'd imagine, before we're discussing this again, because obviously it's not out till October, and then we're going to have to wait for a a subversion, um, which, and then tr- trying to get this, I, I, I don't know how easy that is going to be to get this, because it feels like the anime is worldwide. It, it is eventually released to other countries, and therefore it gets a dub version, um, but you can usually get a subversion online, which I believe is done by just regular people. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Um, whereas this is... Th- is there an appetite for this outside of Japan? And I think that is going to make it either really... I think that could decide how difficult this is going to be to get a hold of. So I think the difference you're going to get, and it brings me back to that idea of this being very much about sort of the Japanese work culture and what it does to people, is it's going to be very difficult for people who don't understand Japanese culture to latch on to it. And therefore, they might go, no, this is for Japanese audiences. That's who we've yeah. built, this who we've made it for, and that's who we're keeping it for. You know, we're just not going to bother trying to localize it because yeah. Westerners won't get it. Maybe. Yeah. We, we'll see. We will. Um, something that we have received, though, is Pokemon Path to the Peak, which we discussed about a couple of weeks back uh so pokemon path to the peak is a animated show uh in four parts published on youtube that follows ava and her adventure into the pokemon tcg world we had questions about this uh when the trailer was announced uh was it the last pokemon presents i think off the top of my head i think this was announced at worlds maybe can't remember one or the other they were so close together no because we watched uh, the first episode while, while while we were away at worlds so yeah it must be in pokemon presents okay was it pokemon presents uh and it follows ava's um journey how do you want to do do you want to break down each episode or just themes and story in general uh we'll just go i think overall because there's only four okay. episodes and yeah they flow quite really easily into each other yeah yeah they're about 10 episodes 10 sorry each episode is about 10 minutes each uh so they are you can blast through these quite quickly and like you say the the overarching story is literally here getting involved in Pokemon to then rise through the ranks to then get to internationals and then to worlds in the space of four episodes, which you know what? If this was a full animated feature, like, okay, it's a, it's an, it's a series like 20, 30 odd episodes. I think the breakneck speed would have been to its detriment, but the fact it's only four episodes, 10 minutes a piece. I'm okay with just like beat, 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 beat to tell, a story i can see connor connor's got thoughts what are your thoughts 
Right. So I I had so much Go hope on. for I had so much hope okay. for this series. The first episode is really really promising cuz she rocks up to her school, she's got like her what we find out later is her mum's old set and yeah. one of the kids is like, "Oh wow, you you want to play Pokémon? You're rocking old cards. That's cool. I got some old cards. We'll play a we'll play an even match. That's fine." And it's like, "Okay, I'll teach you how to play games. This is how you attach energy. This is how you do this. This is prize cards. Da 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 da." great wonderful and then when he turns around he's like okay i do this and this and this and this and this and this and you lose and i'm like yeah, yeah. that's pokemon that's that's <laughs> yeah, straight yeah, up yeah. how that works well done really I love that <laughs> really really beautifully shown how this pokemon game works and how difficult it can be for new people to be like i have no idea what just happened but i lost yeah it's That's... the fact when he's recapping the rules as well. It's like, like you said, like when you just like reeled off, like you went really fast to reel off like some examples of the rules because when I've tried to explain to an eight-year-old child how the rules work and honestly, it must be like trying to teach science because you have to break down active bench, drawing, prize cards, like all these different things. But to their credit, they don't shy away from that. Maybe they could go into more detail about TCG, but they don't shy away from it. And what I like is they bring a bit, they acknowledge the, for better or worse, the way Pokemon TCG is played in a humorous way. Yeah. My problem with the series <laughs> okay, is that the first episode was really promising and then they almost go, ah, but to actually explore the TCG in any real depth takes away from the story that we want to tell. And they just okay. bench it. And what really upsets yeah. me is the fact that there's no exploration of meta. Me- the word meta is brought up, but it it's is. not but it's not actually explored in any real way. The okay. fact that she's playing an oddish deck that is got Scyther and Tropius and freaking Grumpig and she evolves either into Vileplume or Blossom, depending on the... It just doesn't make sense. The actual deck she's running doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. The deck other people are running doesn't make sense. And it goes all the way through to she starts in the school and then four episodes later she's in the World Championship final. That easy. It's just that easy. <laughs> and the thing is, it could be a fun series, but it just... <laughs> It, it it trivializes the game and it trivializes what okay. it actually is to play at that level. So I watched the final episode yesterday and I just got really frustrated with it because she's going up against the reigning world champion or he was the reigning international champion. Um, I think they're one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're running a phalanx deck. Okay, this is the first person I've seen actually run a deck that does actually work in the TCG. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very good. Phalanx works. It, it, it's an actual archetype. You can play it. It's not very good, though, and it's not very consistent. And then he goes and plays Nimona. Now, Nimona is the most recent of a series of cards, which is like the, the protagonist's friends. That's draw three as a supporter. Mm-hmm. No one, no one in their right mind would ever run this in a world championship deck. It's awful. Okay. <laughs> it's horrendous card. It's just, it would never be seen. It would never be played. And it's just things like that that made me realize like, ah, uh, I thought people kind of knew what they were doing here and we were going to represent this game as it actually is. But it just seems like somebody's gone, oh yeah, no, that's a card. We can throw that one in there. Which is a shame because the, the, the episode before they play Iono 
And that's really cool. That it's like, oh, she's got to shuffle her whole hand into her deck and draw one card because she's got one prize card left. That's a real play. That does happen. That's great. But she doesn't draw out of it. There's no, there's no, there's no comeback from it because they play stupid supporters like Nimona. And then, and then the guy's got like 12 cards in his hand and goes, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what is your deck built for? What, what, how have you come to worlds with a deck with 12 cards in hand and you can't play any of them? Oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> so animated, you're getting attacked by the dog. I don't, I don't know if the dog, I don't know if your dog agrees with you. While while you're getting absolutely attacked, I will admit that this game is very light on the trading card game mechanics. Um, and just, it's, it's really light on the trading card game in general for a show that is based around the trading card game. And I think the addition of the trading card game is used as a vehicle to drive the story more than it is about the actual mechanics of how they use it, which I can, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because, and I think from my perspective, Thinking about this from someone who who maybe did, doesn't play the TCG but likes Pokemon in general, if you start to go into the mechanics of the TCG, you run the risk, I think, of putting some people off. But at the same time, you could have the TCG mechanics and that might invite new people to play the game. And I think it's a decision that's obviously been made. And I think it's been made because it's like, okay, you're getting the short run of four episodes, 10 minutes apiece, and therefore we just need to, the TCG needs to be there as a backdrop to basically force the plot. But from what you just said, like, I think maybe they, are you saying that they should have done their research into the meta and the cards to at least make it more enjoyable for the people that do understand the TCG rules, cards, and mechanics. I feel like they they started with the first episode with her losing a match by someone pulling off a, a really amazing play. Yep. And then she ends up in the World Championships having never, ever made a play like that. Yeah, At they, no point they... does she ever feel in control. It's just like oh, I throw out this Pokemon, and now it's done an attack, and therefore I win. And then she's throwing counters on her opponent's cards, which, A, nobody uses counters anymore. We use dice, all right? Every every actual yeah. set you buy that's designed for competitive has dice in it, because we use dice, we yeah. don't use counters. And don't just throw things at your opponent. That's not okay. You're getting really <laughs> upset that I'm going so loud, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> oh, it's so cute. So, I don't know. It was... I think it had so much potential and then just kind of shied away from what it could have been. I I still maintain I think that is to do with the lack of runtime. I think if this had been 10 episodes at 10 minutes apiece or five episodes at 20 minutes apiece, I think we would have seen more of the actual mechanics of TCG and how it is used in real life. And I think what the 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 pessimistic in, in, in me thinks that this game, th- this show wasn't sold to sell the game to people. It was sold 
to sell the cards to people because it's all bright, it's beautiful, it looks amazing. Pokemon are magical. By the way, kids, go and uh, go and ask your parents to buy a set for you know four pound for ten cards or whatever the 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 high price is for Pokemon cards at the moment, which is a shame because I I I think that I enjoyed this show for what it was, but part of me does agree that. Like this could have this could have been something a lot more to what the anime is to the games. This this doesn't feel like like that. It doesn't feel like this is the anime to the trading card games. This just feels like here's an anime that's loosely based around the trading card games. But if you don't know the rules and and you know, then you don't need to worry about it. Because one of the great things about the anime is. You you probably you could watch the anime without actually playing the games, and it, but it rewards you for playing the games and knowing about abilities and moves and, and like haha moments. Like oh, the reason it didn't work is because of its ability or something like that. This doesn't have any of that. Like to the point where when they're throwing down the cards, all the text is like in in this indecipherable black line. So you you can't even like it's not even like they're throwing it down and they're going ah okay. They've not explained on screen why that turned the battle around, but I know through my knowledge, and therefore I'm rewarded for my knowledge. There's none of that. Well, that's the other thing as well. It almost feels like it's a game about... or Sorry, it's a series about the card game that thinks the card game is really boring. Because... Uh, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I love the idea of this. If you want to win... You visualize it. You 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 bring the Pokemon to life, and that makes you more invested in that. It'll help you see your plays. I can get on board with that. Uh, the idea, the visuals of like all her cards spinning around her. her that's her hand, and she's like picking them out, and she's got her friend there next to her, and she's envisioning the battle going back and forth between these Pokemon. I get it, but far too often it's like, okay, sit down, play cards out, and now we don't care about the card game anymore. We're just going to show you these Pokemon attacking each other. And that's all it is. And it's not, the card game is so much more than that. And I feel as somebody who's really, really invested into the TCG, that this doesn't highlight, sorry, my voice went a little bit. This doesn't highlight any of the real wonders of playing the game and yep. almost tries to show off something completely different that doesn't exist. I don't know. Okay. I, I I I really hoped it would have been better. Okay, let's separate the TCG elements from this. I can't. It's a game Ava? about the TCG. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but what about Ava as a character? What did you think of her? Um, she's pretty good. I I don't hate her. I I like the fact that she has her highs. I like the fact that she has her lows. When she, com- when she comes out after she's lost her entire deck, uh, I think at the third episode during Internationals, and you just see the streams of tears because she's been yeah. up all night crying. I'm like, yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. Um, I think the lesson she learns at the end of, oh, it doesn't matter if I win. It's all about the fun of playing and the friends I made along the way. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, sure. I, that's, yeah. that was, it's, it's a Pokemon show. That was always going to be the lesson you had to learn. But I do like the fact that they... I honestly thought that was going to be the... the, the that is the lesson. And I thought that that would be the the case of... She thinks all that, and therefore that is why she deserves to, deserves to win. Because for her, it is about fun rather than the competitive nature. But I do like the fact that once she says that, she then goes, 
but it would be nice to win as well. And mm. I do like the fact that they acknowledge that, that, okay, you can have fun, and that might mean that, you know, maybe you lose, but as long as you have fun. But at the same time, like, strive for that victory if that is what you want. And I, I like that. I think for me, I like her, I do like her character. I love the fact that she isn't somebody that just, honestly, I, I got spoiled on the, um, the names of each of the episodes. And I thought we were going to get a character that would just blitz through to worlds without any issues whatsoever. I'm glad that they showed that like anybody in real life, you have your, you you have your wins, you have your losses, you have your uphill battles to get back to, you know, the peak and, and and all that stuff. So I, I like that. And I like the fact that she had supporting characters around her, um, that support her when she, feels like she's not going to to win. For example, like there are times where she's dead indecisive, but then unfortunately Josh manipulates her a handful of times to do the things that I'm like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that because like she she was very clearly not wanting to do it and there's a fine line between you giving her the nudge she needs to get over the line because that is actually what she does want. She's just you know, she's just in a zone at the moment where she doesn't know what she wants. And then on the other side of that line is Josh, you're a bit of a manipulative a-hole. <laughs> like, you're just doing this because you want your club to win, not that you want Ava to win. Um, but in terms of the supporting cast, we get um, Celestine, who is your typical... Like, move away from this, please. It, it is your typical... She's the, she's, the ba- she's the bad girl of the school. But then, underneath all that, she's actually got a heart of gold who sways round to Ava's way of thinking. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I get it. It's a limited run. you just got to pick the stereotypes and run with it. I mean, in the a dad- longer series, this would have straight up been enemies to lovers. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and it would have felt a lot more f- fluid rather than she's an absolute. She's she appears at a, like almost like a post credit sting at the end of episode mm. one. Episode two, she's just a pure, just like oh, I am a bad, you know, whatever. And then episode th- end of episode two, start of episode three, it's like oh, we're best friends now. Been best friends for life. I'm gonna stick with you for the rest of this adventure. You are the main character, not me. I was like, okay, fine, and get along with that. The the standout for me is probably the dad. Like I have never felt so in tune with a with a character in an animated series. Like there are characters in Disney and Pixar that I that, that are parental figures that I have felt less in tune with than this forty minute series on YouTube. The dad is an absolute standout character who encourages her to basically okay use your imagination, which again is I quite like that. That is how they did the. How do we show the trading card game in an animated way? And honestly, I I did worry that they would just straight up copy Yu-Gi-Oh and have that kind of they throw the card the card down and then some kind of technology brings that to life. I'm glad I'm glad they didn't go down that route and they they thought, okay, how can we put a spin on this? And I like that the humor applied to that. So in I think it's episode one where Ava after she's had that pep talk she picks up a grass energy and it starts to glow like light shining off it there's leaves blowing everywhere and then she goes whoa are you seeing this and then it cuts to like the rest of the class who are literally just there's nothing going on for them they are they're watching a child stare at a card i absolutely love the there's a lot of cutaway gags in this that i think hit the mark um 
there's in episode two when they're on the way in episode three when they're on the way to internationals and the dad is singing the thing the pokemon song to, in the to car be a master to be a master and all the kids are in the back just cringing and it cuts back and all the kids are singing along and i and that hit with me because i've done that with my daughter yep. where you know singing a song she's just, oh, just and now that song is something that we sing in the car absolutely love that that resonates um resonates with me um I'm quick question to think of quick the question on the dad do you think yes. he's the person who beat the mum? I I have that as a note down below because, because I didn't think because of it. it's shown that she loses to a Pikachu, and yeah. then when they do the everybody has their imaginary Pokemon next to him, her yeah. dad has the Pikachu next to him, and it's like yeah, mm, that is subtle. I think, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's a blink and you miss it or. If you don't catch that, you don't lose anything from the story. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, just that extra bit of a reward for people that are paying attention. Um, because when I when I saw that, I went back to the character to the the start of the episode, and I was like, he does kind of look like a younger version of the dad. Um, so I can I can see that link, and I really and you like can, the and fact you can that tell they have that those. both her her mum and her dad used to be well into Pokemon, and her mum has stepped yes. away from it because she lost and she didn't want to feel that hurt again. Whereas her dad is quite clearly still very much into the series. He is, and it's, he? and it's not on that thing of, oh, well, I'm into it because my kids are into it and this is fun. It's, no, this is this is a bit of me. This is bringing up my childhood. So, yeah. Which, yeah, which I is, think... again, like links back to me with Pokemon trading cards and then my daughter taking an interest, teaching her how to play and then just having that link where I haven't forced her, I haven't gone, you'll really love this. You're going to sit down and play. It's just a dad. I'm enjoying this. Like, can you play it? I was like, yeah, I'll teach you how to how to play it. And absolutely, it's just it's just that character, phenomenal. Um, what do you make of kind of touching back onto the TCG element? Then apparently the the new meta is just to throw the first fight in a best of three. According oh, to right, so this really annoyed me. Again. <laughs> so <laughs> the first the first match he does it, I'm like, okay, you can you can. You can have that bad of a hand, and you go like yes. two turns in, and you go, "No, you've got Pokemon. I haven't. The game is done. Scoop. Go to next round." Because that's a viable yep. thing, especially if you're playing decks that take longer to play. Because you're playing best two out of three, which can be three matches, and if each match is taking twenty minutes to play, but you've only got forty-five minutes on the timer. Sometimes you just have to go, I haven't got this one, I'll go to game two and I'll win the next two. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. But he does it at Worlds and he just pulls his opening hand and he goes, ah, scoop. And at that yeah. point I was like, uh, judge, like that's just not, that's not good sportsmanship and you would be penalized for it. As far as I'm aware, you would be penalized okay. for it because it's not okay and there's absolutely no way you would have that... Well, I say there's no way you would have that bad of a hand, but... It's unlikely. If you've got the champion, If you've got to the championship match of Worlds, there's very, very unlikely that you could have, from a starting hand, just nothing you can do. Or at least you wouldn't see out the second turn. Yeah. that That's the problem, is he? Because he doesn't even let his opponent play out their turn. He's just like, oh, I go first, I scoop. No, that's that's poor sportsmanship. You shouldn't be on this stage. Go away. You, 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 yeah, you you scoop that game, and I'm giving you a game loss, so you lose. Yeah, I, I f- yeah. 
frustrated really really frustrated uh, me and, and so uh, at the risk of angering you even more so the rare candy card what does that because obviously the, she has the cards to evolve into gloom then vile bloom yeah but then so she just rare candy throws... allows you to skip an evolution step right that so you can make skip sense because and then she got to blossom via that method right okay i, I was because i i've got the rare candy card i've never read i probably have read it but i can't recall it and i was just thinking Hold on, wait. She had an audition. Now she's got a blossom. How does like how does that work? But thank you for explaining that. Um, what did you think about Edgar Troy, who is the the current world champion? Like, do you think? I mean, he's he's your typical scumbag, isn't he? It's in a set up <laughs> to be such. Um, yeah. I really like their jackets. Yeah, their character yeah. design was fun. Um, that's kind of it. It again, it's. This show, I feel like it needed more time. And yeah. I just... Because there's so much you can do with a TCG game. Because we go from her having, like, an old, out-of-date out of deck to winning a Locals. And it's like, what? what when did you buy new know. cards? When did, yeah. you, when did you trade them? What? How did we get here? When did you learn the new format? Did you have to, you know, even silly little things like, oh, you know your deck didn't have supporters. Supporters are a new thing you've got to learn. It's, it's tiny little things that we just didn't okay. have put in here. Sorry. Okay. No, that's, it's absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, I do want to shout out the animation. For, for a couple of reasons one it is vibrant as anything this is colorful it's beautiful to look at it, and it is it is such a the animation flows like it is constantly moving it isn't like the anime that we typically you know we used to watch with journeys where you know you can tell where the frames are still and they're just maybe tweaking one element or they're just doing those long then those lingering shots and zooming in or panning to you know cut time uh, on on uh, you know animation like i i was watching this and i can't recall a single point where it does that shot of let's just linger on this for 5 seconds and we'll do a pan we'll do a zoom things are constantly on the go in this and it and it made me realize again with the with pokemon journeys that like cut that da- cut down the amount of episodes let it breathe like let it flow and honestly like i would happily see battle animation like in, in like in this in this kind of design and we actually we do see that and that's the other thing about t- the like when this isn't anything to do with the tcg in terms of battles of you know you've got a groudon versus Belosum at one point and like it's that it's almost like they're shielding themselves from each other's attacks and running around and i know it's her imagination playing it but it's the fact that no i'm pretty sure that Belosum's dead like there's no way i've played a groudon there's no way that Belosum's surviving a single attack let alone being able to apparently counter it and then attack back um so i i enjoyed it for what it was i would love to see a version of this which is longer in terms of either runtime or more episodes and therefore it allows it to do justice to the pokemon tcg i think as a series it was very pretty i think it hit emotionally on all the points it needed to um i wish it was more about the tcg which was kind of what I was yeah. looking forward to from the series. The one thing I will give it is that the 
championships that she attends, the locals, the internationals, and the world championships, they capture the look of it really, really well with all the flags hanging from the ceilings. She's got the yes. headset on at the end. I'm like, yeah, okay, that that looks like she's at Worlds. That's that. That's how that do. But yeah, I just really was hoping for a little bit more accuracy. I can, I can understand that. And yeah, as I've said, I can appreciate for what it was, but I think I would have liked more of what you want to want to see from it because we don't really have anything for the, the TCG outside of you collect them, you fight them, and there's a potential to go to competitions. It hasn't got that that rich media surrounding it of other things that you can you can do. Yeah, it hasn't got any of the real struggle. I think that's what that's what missing from for me from this series is the real struggle of what is required to go to worlds. Yeah, agreed. And funnily enough, I, I um, this is one of the rare instances of Pokemon videos on YouTube actually having comments open, which is very rare. Oh, wow. Typically, the comments are turned off. And I went there expecting this show to be absolutely slaughtered, but there's a load of positivity around this show um in terms of people talking about the characters people talking about ava and her journey people complimenting the animation as well so i do hope that this gets something or this leads to something else to do with the with the tcg there was one comment that stood out from pika fan 100 on the on the youtube video that said she lost once and immediately decided to give up honestly so relatable yep yep <laughs> i absolutely love that you try something once it doesn't wait nah this isn't for, isn't for me and um you move on speaking of moving on should we uh answer one of the questions that we've had this week go ahead so this comes courtesy of tony on youtube if you could create a new form either regional mega or gigantamax what pokemon would you choose and what would be the dex entry or lore behind it have fun guys don't know if you've got anything off the top of your head at the moment i'm currently frantically scrolling through the pokemon pokedex and talking to stall to give connor so, enough time so, to come so, out with so a what, bang what was answer. it regional mega or dynamax form yes you um Hmm. I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. So I'd love to see... Uh, sure, let's go with it. I'd love to see a Mega Arcanine that was supposedly... Because Arcanine is supposed to be the legendary Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And this could be the form that is more representative of that title. This is it's almost... It's true form that can only be released from a trainer who's as loyal to Arcanine as it is to them. Um, I think there's there's something there. I haven't thought too much about it though. I like that. I no, and I haven't thought much about this. So this is very much just me coming off the um, literally scrolling. So one thing that I think ties together a lot of the regional megas and Gigantamax is it's predominantly, and I know it's not always, it's predominantly the first two generations leaning into occasionally the third that, that have had these in the past because it's a new way to breathe life into older Pokemon. One of the ones I, I think I would like to see now that I, it wasn't my original answer, but scrolling and I was like, okay, I quite like the idea of this is we've got Porygon, um, and Porygon is it was is a is a man-made Pokemon, and I think I'd like to see a reg- a variant of that where 
perhaps it has evolved on its own over time. And I know we get that with Porygon 2 and Porygon Z, but they are man-made items you apply to it to evolve. I would love to see a version of this where, you know, and you could do this with a paradox form, actually, of it's it spent thousands of years outside of man-made influence. How does a man-made Pokemon then change based on its environment and the world that it lives in? Yeah, I, I I like the idea of especially Porygon being like the AI Pokemon. What happens when it becomes self-aware? So you have a future paradox Ooh. form of it. It's just become self-aware and it's developed itself. So we know that Porygon Z was supposed to be like the ultimate form, but then it got corrupted. Mm. So we're now talking about like Porygon Alpha or Porygon Omega as it would be. And it's just like, oh, this is, I have developed myself and I have learned and progressed over years and years and years. And this is my final form. That would be really cool. I like that a lot. And it feels like they've done a really good job, I I feel, for the most part, of giving the first couple of generations a secondary form, a new form, regional, whatever it might be. And I think there's a, a few now that, I look at and think, oh, they're probably missing something to kind of elevate them to a level where we can continue to play play with them. And I think two of them from Generation 1 that really stand out to me are, unfortunately, Jinx and Pinsir. Like, Electabuzz and Mag- Magmar kind of fall in that category, but they got evolved forms, yep. um, which can be quite effective, whereas Jinx and Pinsir have had next to nothing. So maybe I would love to see a version of Jinx where it's evolved past the ice stage because it's in a different climate maybe and you know it's it doesn't live inside of ice caverns it lives outside maybe it's you know part ground because it lives on a beach or maybe it's part rock because it lives up in in the in the um mountains perhaps yeah i'd love to see a couple of these and again it's that opportunity for them to have fun with these old pokemon and create new you know, to cycle back to the question, to create new dex entries and lore about how their environment affects these Pokemon. Yep. Uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, so that'll do. <laughs> so if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. Oh, it's random time. thought. I'm going to throw this one out there. I want an ancient paradox form of Mewtwo. An ancient paradox form. Okay, right. Simply for that face. Simply, simply for that reason. I want it to be one of those like that makes no sense. But that's that's why I was like, (laughs) okay, and and like I literally for a second I was like, but that makes no sense because it was it was created like literally modern day from twenty years ago. So, so how? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you have very much. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've. Uh... No, but I would actually like that because it, it does really tie into paradox. Because paradox, like paradox, doesn't work for Scarlet and Violet because it's implied that these Pokemon are from the future and past. So why? What makes so, them a paradox? Again, I'm under the impression that the Pokemon we pull from the future and past, more specifically the Pokemon from the past, only exist because the time machine exists. That makes sense. So because we were sending Pokeballs back in time to catch these Pokemon, that changed their evolutionary states. Okay. So we, because there's no, there's no stated time as to when we pull these Pokemon from. 
at no point is it like, oh yeah, Roaring Moon and uh, Screamtail existed exactly the same time. We just know that Screamtail existed maybe a billion years ago, which is like before even Amoebas were on this planet. So whatever. It's all, it's all, it's whatever, all yeah. so much up in the air that it could be a case of, oh, because we sent a Pokeball back to catch Screamtail, that changed the path that that timeline was on. And we know that we know the Pokemon oh, world has multiple timelines because of the future like where that. Guzzlord is, and Guzzlord has destroyed Alola. I love Guzzlord's. If you if you hear Guzzlord's noise in the anime, no, it's when she just screams. Yeah, that it's makes sense. Absolutely fantastic. Just screams. It's fantastic. Sorry, go on. So we know alternate timelines exist. So it makes sense to me that the timeline we're pulling these Pokemon from is ones that we have altered because we're pulling pokemon from them and that's what the paradox is these aren't pokemon that will ever or could have ever existed on our timeline to evolve into the pokemon we have today they are a different timeline worth of pokemon so that's that's in my head is the paradox it doesn't work quite so well for the future Mm. but the fact that you know our modern day uh sada and turo go to the past and the future it's i could i could see it where like you know turo has been pulling these futuristic pokemon through that are all robotic and things like that he goes to the future himself or does he die i forget does he die no he goes he he does go to either the past or present depending on which version no that's that's the ai play. turo that's the ai version yeah I think sorry the, no yeah. the the originals die They're the originals killed. die yeah, I th- I, in my head, he dies by Terrapagos because he tried to control its power. Other people will argue that it's Maridon and Coridon. He got caught in between those two fighting. I don't think that's quite the case because the uh, the journal entry where you hear about the fact that you know AI AI Sada AI Toro was writing down, oh, the real professor died. He tried to control the Pokemon and it got away from him. That's all covered in, covered in crystals and things like that. So that leads me to believe that it was trying to control Terrapagos' oh, power, which is where they got okay. Terrastal power from. So the real one's dead, and then the other one goes to the future. Okay, so AI Turo goes to the future. AI Turo is programmed to be very much the same as Turo, except for him, he has his own free will and things. He's been pulling these futuristic Pokemon through, goes to a future where these futuristic Pokemon don't exist. And he's like, ah, you know what I'll do? I'll make... AI Pokemon, just like I am. I'll make robotic creations just the same as I am. So, he only creates them because he saw them, but he only got to see them because he created them. That's a paradox. That's that's the paradox. That's the only way the name makes sense to me, is if these Pokemon only exist because the time machine exists. Yeah. And what I like about that is if if that's the case, I can be a bit more forgiving of the, the future Pokemon designs just being this Pokemon but steel. Yeah. This Pokemon but I because it is like him going to the future and going, okay, I'm I'm going to create an AI, AI version of this Pokemon based on what I am, am. and yep. therefore it's although it's quite although sim- slightly worse than he is because he doesn't have the terrestrial power that Terrapagos offered him. Um because oh, it was yes. alluded to that he couldn't live outside of Area Zero because that's okay. where the terrestrial power was taking place and that's what was keeping him alive effectively. So if he's going to a future, he's going to go like me, but different 
so that you can exist without outside of this area. God damn, I miss your videos on YouTube. I'll get back to it soon, I promise. (laughs) Good, good. Let's move on to Devil's Advocate, where we are arguing uh, that living in the Pokemon world would be awful. Uh, Connor is going to be arguing that it is, in fact, awful. uh, And I set him up earlier on in this video, and I regret it. I'll be arguing that it wouldn't be awful. So, Connor, you, you kind of touched on some points earlier on. Is that Do you want to start then? Uh, ghosts are a real thing. The afterlife is a real thing. And we must constantly be faced with our own mortality and uh, immortality, as the case may be, in the form of coming back as a ghost. That in itself is terrifying. And we as humans are not capable of handling such concepts and therefore would all just give up and die. Hey. But in the anime, in the show, in the anime, in the games, ghost Pokemon have been around for generations, and humanity has found a way to overcome this, defend themselves via the taming of creatures called pocket monsters. Uh, and while ghost Pokemon are in fact scary and a very real threat, especially once you have children, because apparently ghost Pokemon just like children for some reason, um, we in the Pokemon world you have the tools to be able to deal with those and protect yourself so i don't think the ghost pokemon are as scary as perhaps we we think they they might be even though they are a very real threat but what i would like to argue that it wouldn't be awful because it's a magical world with with pokemon that you can connect with like i know you love your dog but how cool would that dog be if it could also breathe fire or zap lightning or to do any amazing magical thing that pokemon can do the fact that you could tame a creature quite easily i think and be able to soar on it across the world into the sky or be able to surf on a pokemon across the across the oceans like taming a lapras magical easy quite quite fun to be able to do that try doing that in the real world with a whale or a shark it's not happening okay but here's the issue with the the thing you just brought up I have my dog. I love my dog to pieces, but I put a lot of work into looking after that dog and making sure he's well trained. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who have dogs don't. A lot of people just go, "Oh yeah, he's fine. He'll just live in my house and behave however he wants." Oh, he bit oh, a child. Yeah, this is going. Could you imagine if it, like, you know, when 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 a Pokemon actually like <laughs> breathes fire? Oh, oh, sorry. I'm gonna have to put my freaking Growlithe <laughs> down now because he breathes fire at the neighbor's kid because I didn't train him properly because I thought I could just feed him table scraps and leave him in the garden and that was enough for him. No, people don't deserve Pokemon and they wouldn't treat them correctly. And if you want to go another step forward, right? It's all great and wonderful. Going, oh yeah, the world's so magical. It's so fun. It's not. If you look at the socioeconomic climate of that place, <laughs> right? Let's break this down. It is run by the most powerful trainers, which is already yes. a problem. Yep, yep. The whole what would that be? Like we have like um, dictatorships and 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 other words that describe legal ways. Like, I don't think I, there's anything. I'm, I'm to looking describe. into it for a video. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But the whole economic climate revolves around Pokemon battling and battling sustaining as a um, as as an institution. So you couldn't have. You couldn't have thoughts against it because you, if you come out against Pokemon battling, you're gonna you're you're gonna be disappeared because yeah. all the money in the world revolves around this. So you don't get to talk out against it, and it just doesn't feel great to be 
under a ruling class that just have the biggest powerfulest army personal army yeah i can just, understand that go on go on no that's it that's that's it. you've got to try and defend against that I can defend against that because, as we've seen, like Team Rocket, that has a, a wealth of power, a wealth of Pokemon, a wealth of control over the over the world. Yes, they aren't in the spotlight, so to speak. However, we have seen that there is a ten-year-old prodigy that will just appear and kick their butt, and it's one less thing to deal with. So we're the just going to assume about- that every ten-year-old prodigy is is benevolent. It's the Superman no, paradox. It's the Superman paradox. <laughs> okay. If, okay. If, if one kid, if one person can have all the power, we have to hope beyond hope that that person is good and has our best intention at heart. And I'll tell you what, they probably don't, because people suck. It's, it's the Megamind meme, isn't it, where a trainer rises up, knocks out the champion and the Elite Four, and it's like, oh, you've saved us. I wouldn't say saved so much as under new management and suddenly now you've got a 10 year old kid who wants to take over the world yeah. um and I who's gonna stop the, the next 10 year old kids we've got a constant cycling loop of these children that are coming through i think um what one of the one of the things that i i I'm, i think i'm gonna lose that point so i'm gonna cycle onto another point in terms of the technology of the pokemon world is vastly superior to what we have now they have literal teleport pads that allow you to move from place a to place b without any real resistance or issue could you imagine how marvelous that would be like we don't we no longer need bus stops and bus stations like literally you just have teleporter pads that take you from one city to another we we have literally enabled you know into into um continental travel easily quickly and let's be honest we know that pokemon is a big thing in the pokemon world it is if it is all about the battling that that is, that is it they offer free universal pokemon healthcare. it costs you absolutely nothing how much do you pay for the vets now having to take your you know your dog there for boosters immunization and like he, he, he knows he's looking yeah, up he well knows aware. i'm gonna win this <laughs> so, like oh you think you're gonna win the, this I, i'll shut so this argument facts, down with one facts. with one statement those, those, tele- those teleporters are made off technology that was farmed from tortured Pokemon. But that's just like the real world. We've got medical advances that are, that are built off the backs of, unfortunately, terrible atrocities across humanity. Like, we in the Pokemon world, we'll sweep that under the rug and we'll move on and we'll talk about the uh, amazing the technology is, like, that we, we have in we place. Can, we, we can almost argue it in, in our world because we have a humanist nature where we go... Look, animals aren't as sentient as we are. They don't, they don't think, they don't communicate. We, we have convinced ourselves of this, and that allows us to do horrible things to them in the name of science and progression and survival. The problem is, in the Pokemon universe, we know they're sentient. We know they have thoughts and feelings. Some of them can even communicate with us, let alone with each other. But yeah, sure, let's just, let's just torture them and extract their energies and use that for our own scientific progression oh what are we progressing to oh yeah enslaving them (laughs) enslaving them to further use for our own benefit but think about how many issues (laughs) so some do but not the major companies not not the devon corp not silfco they've only got money in mind and they will do 
horrible, horrible things to Pokemon and to people to achieve it. So, I'm not being funny. You're offering me a world that is so magical and bright and wonderful. And it's just, <laughs> it's just not. It's just our world, except from the sociopaths at the top have fire-breathing dragons at their side to put yeah. down anyone who stands against them. But I will admit, but in our current world where we have checks and, and balances, for lack of a better word, of each level that should counter, the issue there is like when you raise to the top, rise to the top, what 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 is there to stop you? Very little once you're at the top. At least in the Pokemon world, there is literally forces of nature that will counteract you. Like, if, for example, you were, your company is ruining the oceans, you are ruining, you're polluting the planet, Suicune's going to appear, Rayqu- not Rayquaza, um, Zygarde are going to appear and put you into place. The fear of these powerful, legendary Pokemon will hopefully help to keep some of those people who would use Pokemon for nefarious gains, it would help to keep them in place. And if they don't get kept in place and they try to rise above their station... The Pokemon will come down and sort them out. And worst case scenario, if it doesn't work, we just raise it to Arcus. Arcus will, will Which would be a it. lovely idea if Scarlet and Violet didn't prove the fact that the Master Ball actually did at some point go into mass production. Because the final hey. fight against AI Sada and Turo is they have a whole team full of Master Balls, which means at some point, Silvco or the Devoncorp went with the Master Ball and went into mass production with it. There are lots of these things kicking around there, and you know they're either very expensive or only given to people who can be trusted with them because they're high-up academics. Do you know who actually has them? The people who make them. The people with all the goddamn money who we're now saying, oh, yeah, the forces of nature will keep them intact. No, we created a bit of technology that captures them, and then we stick them in a PC, we stick them in cyberspace, and they're gone. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Fair enough. I think we've both made very good points on <laughs> it's, it's Who won? <laughs> it's a lovely idea, but I think if you add any level of realism to the Pokemon world, it, it breaks falls down. apart. Yes. It's, it's fun through the eyes and lens of a child mm-hmm. or someone who doesn't really understand the real world mechanics of, you know economics, social elements, political side of things, once you start to apply them to Pokemon, kind of breaks down, and you're absolutely right, it would be absolute chaos. And what I love is the fact that I just argued that the Pokemon world would be awful, and my argument wasn't against Pokemon. <laughs> it, it wasn't against, against just the Pokemon. people. <laughs> the Pokemon Pe- are fine. <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon would be great. Yeah. People don't deserve them. No, I think we unfortunately would. Uh, yeah, I think it would be because then we'd get characters like um, um, uh, what is it? Silver? What, what's his name? Is it Silver in in Gen Go- Two? Who? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who basically like Pokemon are just tools? And how many people would you have like that? And the annoying thing is that people like that would be like, yeah, Pokemon are just tools for war or tools for getting what you want. They would have social media channels with millions of viewers and followers that go, yeah, this guy's onto something. Like, Pokemon are just tools. Like, it would be so... It would be a horrible existence to to live in. And I'm amazed you didn't touch on the wars that are canon in the Pokemon series. Like, could you imagine going to war and having to fight against, like, you, you know, you just roll into a ditch in the middle of a battlefield. You've got your knife and you've got to face down against a Machamp from the opposing side. Like... 
we we like the in humans are the only reason humanity has survived for as long as it has is because we have something that the animal kingdom doesn't we have we have our brains that allow us to create tools to do things that our bodies are not capable of and then you've got pokemon like metagross that have four four supercomputers in their head at any given time like honestly like take the magical wonder out of pokemon and like humans surely are not the dominant species on like if we apply real world mechanics pokemon aren't the pokemon are the dominant species on any world they inhabit because they have abilities powers which are sometimes just absolute magical in nature they have all this that humanity just can't compete against yeah, and the thing I, is, there's there's an argument of, oh, well, we live in a society, and that allows us to have strength. But we've seen Pokemon of lots of different species work together, yeah. and live together, and sort out issues. Like, And if you bring up the... Can you stop putting your paw in my face, please? Aww. If you bring up the anime, you so, used to see all the old Pokemon episodes where it was just Ash's team working together and communicating with each other, and solving problems yeah. so it could easily be done yeah agreed agreed um let's are you okay to do the guessing game as you are currently being absolutely savaged <laughs> just licking licking the mic. The mic. <laughs> all right down we get buddy oh that's absolutely ad- adorable absolutely adorable and that's that's, that's uh, no, you gotta get down i'm sorry oh come on Oh, bye, dog. Because I said he was. It was because I said he was well trained. He's just showing off now. He is apparently so. Apparently so. Go on, listen to the guessing, guessing game, game real quick. Yeah. <laughs> In front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But can Connor spot the fake entry? We're starting off this week with Oddish. Entry number one. It may be mistaken for a clump of weeds. If you try to yank it out of the ground, it shrieks horribly. Entry number two. Its scientific name is Odium Wanderous. At night, it is said to walk nearly 1,000 feet on its two roots. Entry number three. It buries its body and feet during the day. In quiet forests, you can hear it snoring softly below the ground. I really want the second one to be real, but I just don't think it is. Odium Wanderous. I don't don't think that's real. I love the idea of it being real, but I've never heard of any kind of Pokemon having a scientific name. I'm afraid it's true. That is a real Pokedex. Yeah, let's go! (laughs) Odium Wanderers is apparently its name, and it does in fact walk a thousand feet. Uh, The first Pokedex entry about if you yank it out of the ground, Uh it shrieks horribly. You know, feels a bit like Harry Potter and the Mandrakes. That's also true. That is yep. a true Pokedex entry. Uh, so the fake entry was number three, about it snoring softly below the ground during the day. Interesting. Odium Wondrous. Odium Wondrous. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I, I read a book series that has uh, a character called Odium in it. Like, shout out to people if you know what I'm talking about. And Odium apparently means hate or hatred of something, which puts this oddish just, thing into... Oddish is wandering hatred apparently so um so no wonder ava won with the oddish deck yeah, because apparently fair. this thing is is pure hatred personified scratches uh, down my neck now 
Oh, God. Jeez, you've been ravaged. Entry uh, Pokemon. Uh, the second Pokemon this week is Phalanx. So entry number one. By changing leader during battles, each trooper plays a part in securing Phalanx victory. Entry number two. The leader, known as the Brass, uses its extendable horn to issue orders to the others when it's time to change formation. And entry number three. The six of them work together as one Pokemon. Teamwork is also their battle strategy, and they and they constantly change their formation as they fight. Mm, okay, it's the first or the third one. I'm aware of the brass. Um, I'm going to go with the third one. Okay, I'm afraid the first, the first one, one was the fake. Oh, it's been a while since we've been in this position. Can I pull it off? The third and final Pokemon is Blossom. Entry number one. A blossom grows flowers more beautifully if it has evolved from a smelly gloom. The more stinky, the better. At night, this Pokemon closes its petals and goes to sleep. Entry number two. Blossom dances and wheels through the forest, spreading joy. Its dancing is thought to be a ritual to summon the sun. And the third and final entry. When Blossom gets exposed to plenty of sunlight, the leaves ringing its body begin to spin around. This Pokemon's dancing is re- renowned in the southern lands. Mm, that felt weirdly worded. So I, I was leaning towards the second one, but I'm going to say the third one now. Okay. You should have you should gone have with, gone the, second with the second one. Uh, the third one is a real entry, and I don't know if me stuttering a little bit put you off, I'm afraid. Uh, but yeah, the third one is in fact a, um, a real... A real entry. So, Connor, I'm afraid you got zero out of three, which means next week you have to test me on the Pokedex entries. And I don't know why I'm I'm so smug, because I know you will absolutely <laughs> rinse me next week, as you always do. <laughs> Gonna have a great time. It's going to be fine. Good. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. And Ben, you can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. As always, before you go, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a like on this video if you're watching over on YouTube. If you're listening as a podcast, then please do rate us and leave a nice little comment as well. A nice little review would be very much appreciated. And if it's really kind, we might even read it out on the podcast. And of course, we'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon Podcast Content. See ya!